Tulsa and those <laughs> countries listening in. I yeah, am John. I'm Arvin. And this is Behind the Scenes. Of our best days. Podcast. Man, we did a good job at that. Yeah. We did a good <laughs> job at that. Caffeinated. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we are so grateful. Yeah. Um, those of you, if it is your first time listening, um, this is kind of a behind the scenes look at victory the ministry of victory that's right we have the opportunity of serving on the creative team as creative pastor um and then production administrator mm-hmm. uh we do some big rock events uh, and some mm-hmm. short films and uh yeah so we are our goal is to let you guys see behind the scenes of you know what victory is kind of all about right so we do this confession where we say our best days my best days are right in front of me and we live by it and we also know that there are behind the scenes of our best days. And yeah, this is yeah, how yeah. Our best days. This For is sort sure. of the scaffolding that holds up your best days in life. <sighs> and so, uh, yeah. yeah, we've done several of these. I've enjoyed all of them. I have too. Yeah. In fact, if you if this is your first one, you should go back and listen go to the back other to ones. The beginning. Not because we're good, but because the God thing, is good. Yeah, <laughs> God is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We could be garbage, but, but God, um, and that's right. And God but God has done some pretty awesome stuff. <laughs> Truly. So, anyways, I was yeah. talking with Arvin this morning, and yeah, this um, is very good. One thing that has stuck out to me, Pastor Paul, um, you know he. He is spoken on, he like loves movies. Mm-hmm. And so Pastor Paul will preach off of like a movie and he'll like say it. Yeah. He should get like some royalties or something totally, like that. Totally. But he'll like talk about a movie. Yeah. And then he'll go into it. And he always references Disney movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Bob Iger, please listen in. Yeah. Or whoever's over Shout out now. Bob Iger. Yeah. And Bob Chapek, the new CEO. The new CEO We'd of love Disney. to speak with you, sir. So okay. anyways, <laughs> but Pastor Paul has told the, his, he's, you know, kind of preached on uh, Toy Story. Um, and if you're aware, Toy Story, Andy is this young boy and it's a story about his toys and they come to life whenever yeah. he's not there. Right. And it shows their human emotions. And so yeah. anyways, so... As most cartoons are today, yeah. um, and Pixar does a great job with this, the story is key. So content and totally. then creativity second yeah. is that um, the stories that they focus on, uh, adults get emotional yeah. watching these cartoons. Yeah, I didn't see most of them until I was an adult because as a kid, I was hesitant because people would say, you have to watch cartoons because you're a kid. And I didn't like that. I was mm. like, what are they hiding from me on the evening news? So at like seven <laughs> and eight, I was like, you're just the- like, yeah. Yeah. But as an adult, I've watched these now, most of them. And Toy Story is one of the best. Okay. So uh, Toy Story, as I was looking at, so Pastor Paul was talking about it and how, and, um, and how, sorry, the, the cowboy toy named Woody, how he realizes that he's Andy's toy yeah. and realizing your worth and whose you are. Yeah. And so anyway, well, then I started doing some research on it, and I was like, okay. So as the story goes in the first Toy Story is that this new shiny toy arrives, right. Buzz Lightyear. That's right. And he has all these buttons and cool lasers, yeah. and, and he's able to fly, or yeah. so people think. Yeah. And Woody was Andy's favorite toy, and right. then this new shiny toy comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all been there, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully you guys are making the correlation yeah, um, totally. um, to our personal lives. Well, as I'm looking at the franchise history, I think there's four Toy Story movies. Yeah. Is that initially it was Woody and then Buzz Lightyear comes in and um, Woody feels like he is, his best days are behind him, yeah. that he's like being farmed out to pasture. Yeah. Um, and 
and like being sold because he's a, he's the old toy. And Buzz Lightyear can fly. He has all these things that he can do. And so obviously the comparison, then envy, then jealousy. Yeah. And the other toys are watching this happen. Yeah. And their commentary is hilarious. Yeah. But finally it comes out that like Buzz Lightyear cannot fly. Mm. He falls with style. Mm. Woody even says he can't fly. He can just fall with style. Yeah. Where most, and it, and, it, and then we, I begin to look at the things that we compare ourselves to, are they just falling with style? That's crazy. But we label and we go, they can fly. Yeah. And I can't. Do you think the writers of this film were thinking that? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. But as I'm like looking at it, because I believe you can find the gospel and deep meaning. Every in good anything. story has the gospel hidden in somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything derives from that. Yeah. And so, anyways, and so as I'm watching it, and at the very end, um, Andy writes his name on the foot of each mm -hmm. uh, toy. Yeah. And so Woody, he lifts up his boot, yeah. his cowboy boot, and he looks at Andy's name. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, this is going to sound cheesy. Go for But it. he looks at the soul. The soul. S-O-L-E. Yeah. But I'm saying he, you look at your S-O-U-L. That's good. You look at your soul. Yeah. And whose name is on it? Who do you belong to? That's so good. <laughs> and he looks at his soul's worth. Yeah. And says, I'm Andy's toy. Yeah. And then he gets this revived leadership, this revived um, understanding of life, of like his identity. A, his identity. Yeah. And, but his identity was shaken because of this new shiny toy who looked like he could fly, but yeah. was really only falling with style. Man. And so. It's unique that, as I was looking at the franchise history, about how um, Buzz Lightyear, the toy, mm. was literally being sold yeah. in Walmarts and all these different stores, and all these kids were buying Buzz Lightyears. Right. But as they began to do studies of like adults that watched the film, most adults identified with Woody. Right. Because they believed that their best days were behind them, mm -hmm. and then any new shiny thing yeah. uh, that looks like it's flying. Yeah. I'm not as good as. I'm not I'm as not good as. as all that yeah, time. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, man, that even correlates into ministry. Huge. Yeah. Ministry, um, even where you work at, you know, like you could have um, you, what you could say job security. Sure. Um, where you're like, man, I've been here for X amount of years. Sure. Or I've been a member at, you know, at this yeah. ministry. Yeah. Or I've, uh, I've been this dude in this organization. Yeah. And then all of a sudden someone new comes in. Yeah. Who's the Buzz Lightyear. Right. Right. And then you just have to look at the soul and yeah. realize, okay, my identity is I'm Andy's toy. Yeah. I am yeah. owned by God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so anyways, and once Disney and I'm sure that their intention wasn't a spiritual awakening, but <laughs> what's unique is as you look at it, their movies began to be centered around Woody mm -hmm. after the feedback they got from, the from these from the first one yeah to where initially it was yeah. like all right where are we going to go with this franchise is right. it are we going to go with buzz lightyear mm. and then they're like oh wait people identify with woody yeah not the new shiny thing that's right so our world looks at themselves and so i just think it's kind of a unique it's thing very good um and so i was talking with arvin about it today yeah. and he was like we should start off with that that's very good i honestly for first of all for the theologically quote-unquote profound people whose eyes went blind rolling at the idea of Toy Story being the gospel story. 
let me educate those people because yeah, I feel like that it. was me at 18 to 25 maybe um and some people i think get stuck there and they kind of stay there and like the pleasure comes from i want to point out what i don't i I, so enjoy your big dense poorly designed theology books (laughs) um but like if you can't see the gospel story in something super simple and small then i hesitate to believe that you can see it in anything big and profound and uh you know so I wanted to throw that out there because I know there are some people who are like, am I going to give myself permission to be spoken to by this? But there's, okay, there's that line you quote from Bishop T.D. Jakes, who he's like, I don't care if the guy preaching is doing terribly or the woman preaching is doing poorly. I'm going to get something out of this because of the soil in my life. Like, oh, yeah, that, that you said For that sure. before. Yeah. Like when T.D. When T.D. Jakes said that. Whenever, because I grew up in church and I've been in a million sermons. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so really there's nothing wrong with the seed, which is the word of God or the sermon being preached. Yeah. Even if you are, um, so we have a Bible college and they do a preaching lab and these students get up and they share what is revelation to them. Yeah. And so if you are a theologian, you could sit there and roll your eyes and be like, oh, these poor students, if they could just listen to my revelation, their minds would be blown. Yeah. But if you decide, oh, no, 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 it's really... There's nothing wrong with what they're saying. There's something wrong with the soil of yeah. my heart. Then, yeah, yeah, then you can look at your heart and be like, okay, is the soil hardened or is it such a sponge that I'm going to soak yeah. up something exactly. from this movie, yeah. from this magazine? Because then yeah. I can listen to someone that I disagree with. Yeah. So let's go outside of sermon context. For sure. Then I can totally um, go to an interior designer yeah. or... Um, you know, an article out of yeah. a magazine that is not Christian. Totally. And because the soil of my heart is right. open, right. then I'm able to chew the meat and spit out the bone. For sure. Where I'm able to be like, okay, what can I learn from this? Even if they don't line up with my theology, my beliefs, yeah. then I become more open. Yeah. And it's unique that um, I think about Jesus and the centurion. Hmm. So, the the Roman centurion, basically the the ranking official, comes to Jesus, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, my servant needs healed." Yeah, and did totally different belief sure. from the Jews, right, right, different background, yeah. Never met Jesus, but heard about him, sure. And he comes to, and he goes, and Jesus goes, "Well, let's go heal your servant." And he goes, "No, no, 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 I understand authority." Crazy. Yeah. And he's like, I understand authority. You just say the thing Mm -hmm. and I know my servant will be healed. Right. And then Jesus goes, oh my gosh. Yeah. He didn't say OMG, but (laughs) he's like, oh my. And he goes, I've never. And he's like, this is one of the greatest faiths I've ever seen. Yeah. And he said that about someone who wasn't from his church. Mm -mm. Yeah. Wasn't from his background. Wasn't even from his belief. Right. So even those types of things where I'm like, man, I would love to be that type of Roman centurion in different aspects of life. Yeah. You know, whether it's, um, at, uh, you know, I, and I'm not saying this because I don't want to be the hero in my story, but like I was at, um, a layover in Dallas Uh in between connecting flights. Yeah. And I saw this, uh, Buddhist monk Mm -hmm. and 
he was sitting there. He looked super cool. I had my camera. It was really awkward. I went up to him and I was like, hey, man. <laughs> in the Dallas airport? In the Dallas airport. Amazing. And he was completely tatted up, but he was a Buddhist monk. And he was yeah. probably, he looked like he was in his 70s or 80s. Wow. An older gentleman. Covered in tattoos. Covered in tattoos. <laughs> and I was like, this guy looks interesting. I yeah. know there's a story. So I sit down and I go, hey, man, what are you all about? That's mm. literally all I asked. <laughs> and he was sitting on the ground and he just began talking. Yeah. And then at some point, he was telling me, he was just like, and I, I told him, I was, you know, after we started talking, I was like, well, I'm a believer mm -hmm. um, in the Bible, and I believe that Jesus yeah. died on the cross, raised from the dead. And he was just like, and, and he was like, and you believe that, um, and he was just like, really, you and me, we want the same things. We want to wake up with purpose. We want to go to bed with peace. Mm. And we want to feel like we have significance in this world, like we're doing mm. something for others. Yeah. And he was just like, so I'm able to listen to you mm -hmm. and to take that out. Yeah. And he's like, so can you listen to me? Mm. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I got convicted. And then afterwards, it was such a pleasant talk because it wasn't totally. arguing. Right about beliefs, but collaborating over mutual things that we believed in. For sure. And then I was like, hey, bro, I said bro to yeah. this 78-year-old <laughs> tatted Buddhist. And, and I was like, do you mind if I take a picture of you? And he goes, absolutely not. And he goes, I want you to take a picture of me and keep it to remind yourself that someone who's completely different from you yeah. wants the same things as you. Amazing. And wow. I was floored. I was yeah. like, this bro is like Yoda, yeah. just dropping knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I took a picture and I, and I just keep it in my phone yeah. to realize, okay, there is something, there is this underlying, like we're all equal at the yeah. foot of the cross type of a thing wow. to where it's like, yeah. oh man, it's more so about me and what I can receive right. from certain things. Anyways. That's really good. So, but <clears throat> I was going back to, what we were Man. collaborating on about knowing your worth, knowing your identity. I also think you can, now this is how it translates to behind the scenes of maybe um, here at Victory mm. um, or maybe your organization yeah. or something that you're a part of is realizing, okay, um, you know, that there are ebbs and flows yeah. to There are buzzes work. and woodies. Yeah. Buzzes and woodies, <laughs> ebbs and flows to yeah. work. Um, and we were, we're right now, and, and I was inspired by the Toy Story thing because we're in the middle of creating this story, getting ready for Easter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, production season is definitely an upper. Very much so. And then right after a big rock event yeah. is kind of like a... Ah, exhale, for exhale. sure. For sure. Talk yeah. about that flow. Totally. So there's the moment that everyone sees the show which in this case will be Easter of 2021. And there's a lot of congratulations and wow, look at how great that was and people pointing out what they liked. There are the select few who want to point out what they didn't like and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't care. I, don't <laughs> yeah. know the, I mean, I want to awesome. get better, but not right now. So there's that conversation. And then there is this sacred time thereafter where we debrief and reflect with no uh, pressure or timetable and just allow God to 
restore our soul, basically. Yeah, because those who work in content creating, if you're consistently creating content, if you're writing curriculum, yeah. if you're a designer, yeah. and basically your job is a your job is to be a human vending machine, right. where people punch in buttons and they're yeah. like, produce. You want to talk more about that? Because that's okay, a big deal. Okay, well, it's actually for me. I've always struggled finding yeah. my identity and what I produce. Man. And everyone listening or watching, repeat this after me. I, I am more, and more than my output. Than my output. I am more than my output. Yeah. You know, because, and, and I know that we talked about this previously before, sure. but I feel like behind the scenes of yeah. what people see on social media, what's yeah. portrayed, yeah. what people see of like, okay, they are Buzz Lightyear. Mm. In reality, sometimes we're just falling with style. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're just confetti coming down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. So anyways, yeah. and then it kind of goes into, um, you know, when it comes to work, those who are here that work in eight to five, or maybe you sure. are a, um, or maybe, you, uh, maybe you're an entrepreneur, sure. you just have to accept the fact that, um, you know, there are certain mm -hmm. things for pleasure yeah. that you do. Yeah. And then there are certain things that are for duty that are you're for duty, your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. you're at a work, if you're at work and everything is, is pleasurable, that's great. Sure. But just because, and then, and then all of a sudden when something is no longer pleasurable, you're like, Oh wait, this yeah. may not be my calling. Totally. When in reality, that's not true. Right. Right. There's so much to say about this because I think of, when I listen to communicators that I really admire, be they pastors um, or comedians or anybody that we talk about okay. that communicates well. Pete Holmes is a comedian who says something very interesting. He's like, anyone can be funny. Can you be funny Saturday at 8.15 p.m.? Meaning there are people who are like, oh, I, I like that. I could do that. Or I like this. I could do that. People have walked up to us and been like, I want to do what you do. And we go, okay, great. The difference is, a professional who's even working in the area where they're doing what they love, which mm -hmm. I would put us both in that category. Right. I love what I do. There are times where you have to remember what you do and just do it. Yeah. So it's like, there's certain things where it's like, this is my duty. Yeah. This is my job responsibility. Yeah. Even if it's not like, I'm not super jazzed about sure, it. Sure. Sure. I'm not necessarily gonna sit down with excitement and be like okay i'm putting together spreadsheets with people's names on them for a film trip <laughs> yeah. and i'm gonna figure out who is sleeping in what room because i need to make sure that everyone is safe and i need to make sure this is good and these papers are signed check and recs and po oh my goodness there's so much of that but if i can keep the sense of this is all for something greater i can oh. enjoy doing that so i've been in positions in my life where it just seemed like duty like it was just, and it seemed like duty. Honestly, there's a double entendre there. There's like D double O T Y. That's right. Dookie. Like duty. <laughs> Dookie. Okay. Where yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm just right now. The only larger purpose is eating food and affording my <laughs> rent. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are times like that. And I think a professional is someone who knows what they want to do and is willing to push through those seasons and to arrive at a place where when they finally get to have the desk across from one of their heroes that makes stuff. It's really kind. That's you don't right. have to say that. <laughs> well, I don't have to, but it, they, people need to hear it. Even if, if you're not hearing it, the people need to know if you're going to be able to sit still 
and execute in the position you're envisioning yourself in, you have to push through the duty. Yeah, and I and I just want to give a shout out to the generation that is in their 50s and 60s. For sure. Because I feel like they understand totally. just showing up and putting in the work. Totally. I heard a guy at the gym this morning say, my dad, he's in his 60s, he said, my dad was a World War II vet, and he showed us that he loved us by feeding us and giving us a place to live. He never mm. said it, never hugged us. He was just like a very quiet, simple man. But that was the only way he knew how to. So there is something to that where, yeah. of course, we've evolved in terms of like emotional intelligence and soft skills and all these different new terms, vulnerability, etc. cetera. Brene Brown's stuff. It's very important. But there right. also was like the generation. At the end of the day, of, yeah. you just get things done. Right. right. They, were the, they were the ones who were like, whenever I was you know, eight, we would go down and buy a soda for a nickel. <laughs> and then we would walk in the snow three miles to our bus stop. Yeah. Yeah. And then if the yeah. bus showed up that day, we would get a ride to school. If it didn't, we'd walk an extra two miles to school. And you were like, yeah. Oh my goodness. They were just tougher. Totally. Right. Totally. Very and much I'm so. the first one to admit, like, I'm not that tough, but mm. I have to remind myself of that on certain times when we are in the work season and yeah. where it's like, all right, Today's get her done. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's it's a duty day. For sure. For sure. Um, no, I think that is very, very special. And those who work underneath um, a, a boss mm -hmm. um, or a pastor in ministry, yeah. you are so necessary. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are yeah. the behind the scenes totally. of your ministry's best days. Totally. Yeah. So like it, what that whatever you do. Um, do it unto the Lord, that mm -hmm. scripture. Yeah. Like do it with all of your heart. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Small yeah. things because I've realized that your worship is not like those who are believers that are listening and watching this. Mm -hmm. If you believe in God and you believe in praise and worship and attending church, I believe the greatest worship is the detail that yeah. you give yeah. to your job. Definitely. Because that's what worship is not like singing the latest song from right. Maverick City. Sure. Um, sure. Even though they have yeah. great worship songs. I, yeah, all these places. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not singing a Bethel song. It's really not even like, yes, you do, there is a, a worship, but there sure. is this thing in the Bible called a sacrifice of right. praise. Right. Right. Which means it takes, there's sacrifice. Absolutely. And if it's not sacrifice, it may not be pleasant to the Lord. Totally. So there is certain sacrifices that you make, those who are working in ministries or organizations, that you just show up and you put in the work. Mm -hmm. And I want to commend you that even though you feel like no one sees you, God sees you. For sure. And that's what matters. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so sorry, yeah, no, I totally no, no, cut you off. No, no, you're fine. I think it's a big deal because I think a lot of people who are listening to this, whether you're listening while you're at work, the gym, wherever this is, in your car, just sitting there in the bathroom, most likely, really. Realistically, uh, <laughs> just, you need to understand the biggest thing. It took me a long time to get over this hurdle, which was I would look at my context in life and I would see that I was doing a lot of things simply to pay my bills and kind of grow up. And I felt so discouraged because I thought that I had failed. Ooh. I thought that it was failure. So you thought you were you were failing because you were working paycheck to paycheck. Because I wasn't Buzz Lightyear. Because you wasn't Buzz Lightyear. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were the pool string guy. It's yeah. Like, There's a snake in my boot. Yeah, show up, clock in, <laughs> do your job, snake in my boot, that kind of stuff. 
And the, by the way, I just thought of the theological implications of Snake in oh, my Oh, <laughs> wow. Absolutely. Whole, we'll teach a course at Victory College called Toy, Toy Story, Story Theology. and the Gospel. That's right. Toy Story Theology. That's right, yeah. Sure. You can enroll now, uh, victory.college. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that all being said, there is a, and I wonder, I don't know from experience, but perhaps there are people older as well who are, they see a certain highlight in someone else's life and then they immediately interpret their own life as less than because they're doing something out of duty, not realizing that long term, that's actually the point. Right. Like it's about being able to Ecclesiastes. It's all over there where he's like, just be content with the lot you have in your life now, because realistically, this idea keeps coming up over and over again in the podcast. The reality is you're only going to be able to steward that ultimate whatever destiny that you're imagining Ooh, as okay. well as okay continue the, yeah, yeah. go 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 <laughs> you're only going to steward your ultimate destiny that you're called to the thing that you envision the poster on the wall idea as well as you steward today okay say that one more time but slow absolutely you need to steward today the way that you think you would steward the best day of your life your best days are stewarded the way that you feel like on the worst days, the worst days are even mundane. Yeah. Yeah. Because every, I feel like my faith is stronger in the Valley. Very so much I'm so. like, yeah. put me in the Valley of the shadow of death <laughs> because my faith is hype yeah. because I'm like, I'm, I'm grinding. Yeah. I'm emotional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the mountaintops is yeah. Yeah. What I struggle with is the Riverside bike trail For where sure. it's just straight. Right. And it's right. mundane. Yeah. I'm like, give me the valley over right. a straight mundane path. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like yeah. that is the biggest war. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily your conflict because I feel like those pe there are people that actually, they become the best version of themselves mm -hmm. in conflict. Very much so, yeah. And then, yeah. And then they are on the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. But the in-between, yeah. it's like, I feel like that's where God does his greatest work. Yeah. So... So like there is the story in the Bible when Jesus and his disciples are on one side of the lake and he goes, let's go to the other side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I believe that like most of our lives is all right. I'm on my way yeah. to the other side. Yeah. I'm on my way to the other side. Right. I'm on my way to yeah. the other side. And then there's the, the storm, mm -hmm, right. That mm -hmm. happens on the sea and everyone is freaking out mm -hmm. and they're calling out to Jesus, yeah. which in our life and the storms in our life, we're calling out to Jesus we're really diving into our Bible, yeah. we're diving into, you know, we're like, I'm going to be at church every weekend now mm -hmm. because of the valley or the storms that I'm going through. Yeah. But then Jesus calms the storm in yeah. the middle of the sea. Yeah. So it's like in the middle is where God does his greatest work. Definitely. In the middle of the mundane. Right. I believe that is yeah. where the miracles lie. Yeah. Um, even though God delivers us, you know, out yeah. of the fire. Yeah. It was the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was in the middle of the fire yeah. that God showed up. Right. Not before the furnace, Yeah. not after the furnace, Yeah. but in the middle. Definitely. So I feel like, man, my biggest conviction that I have to consistently remind myself monthly is mm. how am I handling the middle mundane? Mm. You know? Absolutely. Like when I'm not Buzz Lightyear. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> or uh, yeah. when I'm not on the other side yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it's the days of duty right. to where you're like, all right, I'm showing yeah. up, but all these small things are going to line up 
And as I zoom out, yeah. it's all putting me, um, hopefully, yeah. in the right direction towards the big thing. Yeah. Whatever it is that God has put on my heart. Yeah. Can I say one last thing? Say about, it. This is something that is only this year so far uh, occurring to me. I really grew up thinking there is the destiny that I, ha- I envision. I believe it's God-given. I believe it's something I'm supposed to do for the world, in the world, to contribute to it. And the closer I get to seeing those kinds of things happen, because I already have, I'm seeing it happen, getting to work with you, all this kind of stuff. These are dreams come true. But when I observe the, the thing you learn in, on the duty days that you don't know when you just imagine the mountaintop stuff is that the person you're going to become is worth all that work. The stuff you thought it would be like is not actually worth. Like if you're genuinely motivated by someone going, wow, that production was awesome. Wow, you guys are so brilliant. Then 5% into the process for the next one, you're going to run out. You're going to run out of fuel. You're going to mm. be like, where are the people saying? So That's I, like 90% yeah. ethanol. Yeah. Within your gas. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And your like car is like shuddering. Your car is shuddering. And you don't yeah. have to do that. So I'm learning now, and this is a, a small, medium, and large idea, depending on how long you think about it. But I'll just close with this. It is worth it to become the person you're going to become going through the difficult days, the woody days, the the duty days not because of oh my gosh that mountaintop moment but because the next time you feel the incline into the valley or even the mundane you're gonna go i'm prepared for this Mm. like some of the worst news i get these days in my life as difficult as they might be emotionally as they're happening there's something in me that was not there when i was i won't say an age because it doesn't matter you could be 15 and this could be true about you for sure if the maturity is there but when i was a younger version of myself i did not have that resilience that awareness that this is okay that i you know looking into my soul and seeing whose i am because those things are worked out yeah i now look at any sort of decline down from the mountaintop whether it's the mundane or the valley Mm. it still feels like falling i am now a person who's capable of enduring whatever it's gonna be come on and so if god's enough for me way down there and then way in the mundane then he can probably trust me at the top knowing i won't leave him for whatever it feels like up there. I won't camp back here. So I said a lot more than I intended to, but basically the idea I think it's arriving at is it's worth it to endure whatever because what God is creating is not a ministry. It's not just a production. It's not just a film or a, a successful life where you retire at 55 or 59 or whatever. What he's creating are people. Mm, he's creating. Yeah. He's trying to make so people because you think about the thing that actually ends up motivating you to move forward is not necessarily going to be, wow, that cool thing was awesome because that wears off so quickly. More often than not, the thing that really sticks to a person's soul is I have encountered this person and I want to be like them. Mm. Not so much, oh, I just I want to do those things. There's a whole bit, lot there that I won't get, all get into, but the reality is it is the only thing that's worth it, all the 
junk and the duty days is not even the pleasure of, oh, look at how cool I did. It is, look at who I get to be now. Look at the peace I get to have. The biggest evidence for this is the people, Jim Carrey said it really well. He said, I really wish everyone could become rich and famous so that they can realize that that is not the answer. Yeah. To really like meditate on that and understand the truth of it is that it's, it's, if, a lot of people can become rich and famous without having to endure and learn the way that the Holy Spirit teaches us. So to, to arrive at that without having learned who you really are and whose you are, mm. it's not it. It's really not even in a ministry sense. We yeah. see that all over the time. We see Buzz Lightyear's all over the place. And God bless them for any contribution they make to, the, to people's lives. But more often than not, falling with style still ends poorly, you know? Yeah. So, listeners, viewers, <laughs> no, on that. no, that is very good, and yeah. I, I, yeah, and I think you can sum it, sum it up with this: is that you can't rush something that you want to last forever. That's very, dang. Dude. You can't rush something Freaking that you want John. to last forever. All right, that's the sound of my pen moving very quickly. For okay, you. well, yeah, and I think that as you're just looking at your life, you know, um, just last week, um, so. I'll close out with this story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just last week, I was very irritable. Me and Arvin literally work in the same office. We face each other. These are our desks. These are our desks. <laughs> we face each other. Uh, yeah, yeah, those who are watching, you it's can see. It's John's we, kindness that I get to be in this office. Well, anyway, so it's yeah. like we see everything. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. And Arvin was like, hey, dude, are you okay? And I'm like, uh-uh. Last week, I was just in a... A lot went down. Uh, yeah. Was a lot. There was a lot of drama. So I, I'm a single dad. I get my kids on the weekends. And I actually struggle with like hating myself of being like, man, I wish I could do more as a dad. Mm. But I get my kids Thursday nights through Sunday nights. So the last year and a half has been, you know, a unique thing. Um, but I'm like, but every, this, this past Sunday, God did something that I couldn't take credit for mm. to where I was like, you know, I'm going to, we did baptisms. Yeah. Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley are like, we need to do baptisms in COVID. Yeah. And we're not going to force anyone. Sure. We're going to open it up. Yeah. And it was such a healing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm usually working services, right? So yeah. I'm like doing. Yeah. Right. As opposed to being. Right. And it's that whole thing where I struggle with finding my identity and what I do as opposed to just if I was never able to do anything else again, God yeah. would still love me and all yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I was taking my kids. They went to the kids service at 9 a.m. I get a text from my, from my father-in-law, mm-hmm. ex-father-in-law, and he's mm-hmm. just like, hey. Uh, he's like, I am going to come back to church. He'd been out for, um, you know, about 15 months. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was like, today would be a great day because your grandkids are getting baptized. Yeah. And so he shows up Amazing. and, you know, it was one of those things to where like this testimony is still being walked out. So I don't want to share everything, but sure. basically me and my kid's grandpa got to baptize my kids and it was an emotional experience. Yeah. Um, my father-in-law is, you know, he has been in church for 30 years, yeah. 35 years. Yeah. And, and he said, I was more ministered to in this moment yeah. because he had been out um, of the church because of COVID and other things, sure. with family yeah. drama and stuff. And he was like, I felt more ministered to yeah. 
today than I ever have been. Yeah. God did something and he got emotional in the hallway and then I got emotional yeah. and my kids were like, what's going on? Why are you emotional? <laughs> yeah. But I was like, man, look at God. Yeah. There was times where I really, really wanted to be at a certain place with my kids mm-hmm. and their walk with God and Christianity and making sure that they're around yeah. the Christian um, just atmosphere. Yeah. And then this weekend, you know, I, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. I didn't realize the ripple effect it would have. And I'm like, man, just a supernatural peace and all those types of things. Yeah. And then just confirmation of like, just keep showing up. Right. Just keep showing man. up. And so today, um, behind the scenes of our best days, yeah. just look at your soul, mm-hmm. realize you're Andy's toy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and this is uh, your toy story. Yeah. And if maybe you're falling with style. Yeah. Um, and you're listening to sure, this, sure. then maybe you can just realize, hey, I don't need to rush anything yeah. that I want to last forever. Yeah. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for God listening. I'm you. John. I'm Arvin. And you have been listening to Behind the Scenes. Our best days. Love y'all. See ya.